Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the art of war for you. If we consider war to be a feast of death, then military strategies and tactics are the philosophy of fighting for survival. They are experience and wisdom gained through bloodshed. Such plans and precision maneuvers not only concern the survival of a country, as success or failure on the battlefield determines a nation's future, but war also seals the fate of every individual. Whenever a war breaks out, lives are at stake, and that's why military tactics are of utmost importance. To understand the maneuvers on the battlefield, the art of war is indispensable. It is the oldest book on military strategy, initiating this field of study. It provides essential guidance both to ancient Chinese military studies and modern warfare. Based on predecessors now lost, the book summarizes archaic principles and axioms relating to combat and further develops these into a system of military theory. Any reader opening the book will encounter a comprehensive description of the military methodology, from necessary preparation prior to the battle and the application of strategy in the field to the deployment, ordnance, and the study of your enemy. With the philosophy of dialectical materialism, the art of war is regarded as the essence of early Chinese military thought. This book is a piece of esteemed Chinese cultural heritage, a jewel in the crown and often hailed as the sacred book of military science and the best book on military from ancient times. However, although this book's subject is war, it does not advocate conflict. Instead, Sun Tzu encourages leaders always to try peaceful means first and use force as a last resort, going into a war only when the other party was uncooperative. Sun Tzu believes that supreme excellence is not to win every battle, as the most effective action is breaking the enemy's resistance without needing to put up a fight. Moreover, he pointed out that some generals' excellent skill in waging war is not because they are born to be aggressive warriors but because they understand how to secure favorable circumstances before the battle starts. On the other side, those destined to lose will be the first to plunge in with a display of their might and look for opportunities as an afterthought. For Sun Tzu, it is never wise to meet your enemy head-to-head -head in battle. Only by attacking an army's weaknesses and avoiding clashing against their advantages can a great commander use his troop maneuvers to work a triumphant miracle. These insights go some way to explain the enduring popularity of the art of war. The book ranges far beyond military schemes and tricks, considering strategy at its highest level, where it becomes a wise philosophy for life. So, to this day, the book continues to have great relevance. The Art of War is divided into 13 sections. For your ease, we have combined the parts into the following four chapters. These cover the main ideas in the book. Part 1 – Military Strategies Part 2 – Military Tactics Part 3 – Armed Struggle And Part 4 – Environment in this part we will first look at the bigger picture in the preliminary discussion of strategy on the basis of the book's central idea that people should only fight with the certainty that they will win. The chapter mainly talks about two imperative pieces of advice, do not take risks and do not suffer losses. Let's first look into the first aspect, do not take risks. 
Sun Tzu says in the book, the art of war is of vital importance to the state. It is a matter of life and death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Hence it is a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. With this in mind, Sun Tzu requires us to lay plans for every battle. Laying plans doesn't demand that you come up with any novel idea and catch your enemy off guard, but insists that you carry out a down-to-earth evaluation of both opposing parties. It's like a modern SWOT analysis that compares strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Doing this work tells us if circumstances are favorable and which party is certain to win. If we can be sure that we will have the last laugh, then it's time to wage war. Otherwise, we need to stay put. Sun Tzu lays out five elements that affect a war's outcome. They are morality, heaven, earth, leadership, and discipline. In this context, morality concerns popular commitment. All people should share one vision and have the same goals as that of the leadership. Heaven refers to natural phenomena, such as weather conditions, daylight and darkness, sun and rain, and cold and heat. Earth considers the terrain, land formations and distances, questions such as is the battlefield far away from where we are now? Does the road wind through steep mountains or cross wide plains? The fourth element, leadership, reflects on a leader's capacities. Is the leader a great commander, decisive and brave? The last element, discipline, discusses all kinds of rules and regulations, including the marshalling of the army, the graduations of rank among the officers and the maintenance of military supply chains. We can know the situations of the two parties in the conflict using these five aspects for our analysis. Which of the two leaders is fortified with moral strength? Which general has the best track record? Which side is more favored by the circumstances of heaven and earth? And which more rigorously enforces discipline? Which party is stronger? On which side are officers and soldiers better trained? And, in which army is there the greater constancy in reward and punishment? With answers to these questions, we can have a better idea about who is likely to come out on top. Only when we are theoretically confident that we will have the upper hand in the battle should we go to war and fight it out with our enemy. This is the fundamental, art of war. Briefly, in summary, it's important to analyze and compare your situation to your enemies and to be certain that you can win before putting a foot on the battlefield. However, when the war is underway, generals must take over and continue to be strategic. They must try every means to disadvantage their enemy and attack their weaknesses. Meeting the enemy head-to-head -head is never the best option. Sun Tzu promotes the strategy of confusion and deception. To confound the enemy on the battlefield, if you're ready for a fight, pretend you are not prepared, if you want to fight, pretend you don't, and if you want to fight nearby, pretend that a faraway place is preferable. If an enemy is greedy for the spoils of war, seduce them with the promise of riches, and when your enemy is disorientated and disorganized, seize the advantage and attack. When an enemy is confident, you should be on your guard and avoid a direct face-off. When the enemy's general is known to be irritable, harass them so they may act impulsively and thus make mistakes. If they despise you, fuel their arrogant attitude. If your enemy is well rested, get them on the run. If the enemy is united, try to fragment them.
All of these ideas will help win the final battle. Whether it is plans laid in advance or the strategies on the battlefield, the goal is to up your chance of victory. To win, we need to throw stones at the enemy's eggs. Having an advantageous position will most likely secure a victory ultimately. Next, let's consider the second bit of advice, to avoid losses. Every battle is fought with the expectation of a gain, be it tangible such as the capture of land or intangible such as affecting the enemy's confidence. However, war consumes resources and large sums of money, soldiers are killed, and people are needed to staff hospitals, logistics, and transportation. An army needs spies, and plenty of material supplies, like food, weapons, and ammunition. All kinds of costs need to be taken into account to replenish vehicles and armaments. Money is also needed to buy bows and arrows, to pay for the transport of food to the front line, to entertain guests and perhaps to bribe enemy soldiers for information. Only when a general is secure with these resources can they effectively and confidently lead their troops. But attention to sustaining supplies doesn't end here. It costs a fortune for troops to travel far, as when they move, they consume military supplies on the road. States with small national reserves will find it hard to support a long march and need to levy their citizens with high taxes. When this happens, people can become impoverished and are likely to cause domestic unrest. What is the way to avoid running out of funds in the midst of a military campaign? Sun Tzu advises that wise generals should steal from their enemies. Each kilogram of food looted from the enemy can help one save the cost of transporting 20 kilograms of food all the way from a supply center. A general who understands this point will encourage their soldiers to loot from the enemy, seizing food and weapons but treating captives well, so they will have a favorable attitude and continue replenishing the invading force. This scheme can not only lower military costs but also weaken the enemy. However, expecting to replenish supplies from around the battlefield is not a long-term solution. On the one hand, there's no guarantee of nourishing plunder. It depends very much on the conditions on the ground. With a prolonged war, inevitably, the landscape will be depleted. Armed forces waiting in reserve at home or stationed in other countries may seize an opportunity to attack a vulnerable home base. Conditions are likely to become increasingly unpredictable and ultimately altogether out of control as a nation attempts to fight battles both at home and abroad. To this threat, Sun Tzu responds by pointing out that speed is of utmost importance in a military operation. If we are stronger than the enemy, we need to conquer them quickly. A war that drags out offers no benefit. If we are inferior, we need to do the opposite. We must find every means to make the war last, so that the enemy will be ground down. Scooping up replenishment to supplies on site and concluding the war as swiftly as possible is a way to minimize losses, but it is insufficient. Sun Tzu believes that breaking the enemy without fighting is the wisest strategy. Excellent strategists will first try to thwart their enemy using their intellect by making them suffer politically. If a reasoned approach is not working, the second best option is to fracture the enemy's resistance using diplomacy. And the worst option is resorting to force and putting cities under siege. The former strategies exchange low consumption of resources for maximum progress towards victory, a minimum input for an optimal result.
blindly throwing resources at an attack and killing the enemy's people is costly, with an additional moral cost. Such a victory comes at a high price and will yield little benefit. Sun Tzu also notes that even when the use of force is inevitable, we need to consider every possible way to avoid launching a frontal assault. Do not consider smashing down the city walls and killing all the people. Instead, overwhelm the whole city, keep it intact and undamaged, and then quickly and thoroughly tackle any remaining issues of dissent. If your force is ten times the size of the enemies, you should surround them. If it is five times, then attack them. If you are only twice as strong as your enemy, split them up into smaller forces. When you are equally matched, you can fight. When you are slightly the weaker of two, avoid a face-off. And, when you are obviously and by all accounts in an inferior position, flee. There is no future for you in a fight. At this point, we concluded the first part concerning military strategies. Its message was to get into a fight only when you know you can win. The chapters outline two fundamental insights, they are, do not take risks and do not suffer losses unnecessarily. The most important thing for any army general preparing for the battlefield, intending to win a war, is to ensure that they are going into this erratic and dangerous environment in the most favorable circumstances. Also, generals must pay attention to loss control. If there's a lack of supplies, it is the general's responsibility to guarantee a means of getting replenishment to the front line. Sun Tzu advocates for a quick blitz. This short sharp shock can be greatly advantageous and avert hefty costs to both sides brought about by a prolonged conflict. A speedy resolution will ensure that a territory stays protected once the war is over. Most importantly, the wisest military strategist will always conquer their enemy without resorting to force. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for Buki at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.